0: you're listening to the bear report podcast with zach pearson and aaron lemming providing extensive coverage of the chicago bears for the bear report website the podcast is powered by overtime media now here's zach and aaron
2: welcome in bears fans to another edition of the bear report podcast i am one of your hosts zach pearson i'm joined as always by my co-host Aaron Lemming, and we are right here in Super Bowl week, Super Bowl 54 in Miami. No, the Chicago Bears are not playing in the Super Bowl. Instead, it's the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Aaron, it's been about two weeks since we've talked. I know you've been kind of busy with a uh, potential move here, but uh, how you doing, man?
1: Doing all right. Just, uh, like you said, just busy and never realized how, uh, how much was involved with moving halfway across the country, but, you know, I guess that should... Should be to you know be expected at this point, but luckily I'm there's a line at the end of the tunnel. I'm almost done with it and get it out of the way, and hopefully uh, things will slow down after that.
2: Yeah, at least you're kind of doing it at the end of the football season, though. Like I mean, it probably could have been a lot more hectic if you were, let's say, moving. You know, October, November, and the Bears were actually pretty good, or even playoff time too. If the Bears were good, I I gotta imagine that's not an ideal time to move.
1: Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's in terms of timing, this is not bad at all. So yeah, I'll, I'll take it.
2: Yeah. So since the last time we've talked, uh, the bears made a coaching hire, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, we're going to talk about, Super Bowl 54, kind of give our thoughts on it. There is one major thing I want to talk about regarding a position, and I think a lot of you guys can guess it. Um, two really good players playing in this game from the position, arguably two of the best. We'll get into all that on this episode of the Bear Report Podcast. Before we do that, let's hit our first ad read of the day. As this week's, pro- this week's episode of the Bear Report Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic. It's a subscription-based podcast. Sports news site for real fans. Yeah, try saying that five times fast. Uh, They have in-depth coverage from local writers on every team, including national writers, guys like Jay Glazer, Mike Sando, Michael Lombardi Um, in the NFL. They have a couple really good um, college football, college basketball writers, Seth Davis, um, Stuart Mandel, Bruce Feldman. Um, NBA has some good writers, David Aldridge, MLB with Jason Stark, Peter Gammons, Ken Rosenthal, Jim Bowden. They deliver the best possible sports news right to you in local cities and national coverage. They've even expanded across the seas. They have really good soccer coverage. I, you know, As a soccer fan myself, I find it hard to find some good international Premier League coverage um, in the United States, so the athletic has kind of been my really go-to. And as far as the Bears, they have a couple really good writers over there covering the team that I'm pretty close with. Best part about The Athletic is there's no ads, no pop-ups, or clickbait. There's just great sports writing that tells the story behind the story. Get exclusive player profiles, deep dives on analytics, team power rankings, and fantasy sports insights you won't find anywhere else. What's cool is when you subscribe... You can have a personalized feed of your stories. So if you want just Chicago stuff, you can click the Chicago teams. Uh, I'm sure Aaron would probably click the White Sox in his personal feed. I'd probably click the Cubs in mine. That's pretty cool, so you don't have to kind of mix the feeds together. Uh, there's live Q&As and much, much more. They even have a really good app where you can download. All you do is go to the Apple iTunes Store or Google Play Store, click the Athletic app, pick your favorite teams, and the Athletic will begin surfacing all the latest on the players and storylines that matter to you. If you're ready to get started, we have a special deal for you here on the Bear Report. You can get forty percent off your yearly subscription to athletic.com with the promo code Overtime. So you just go to Athletic.com backslash Overtime and get your forty percent off and start reading some of their work there. All right, Aaron. Um, yeah, should we just get let's get right into the coaching news? Um, we did that episode regarding the coaching hires uh, about two weeks ago. And then, of course, after we record it and publish it and all that, the Bears decide to add the coaching staff once again. Um, They announced a couple weeks ago that um, John DiFilippo will be joining the coaching staff uh, of the Bears. And it's a hire that I find very interesting. I like the hire because he's another offensive mind in that room. He's a really good quarterbacks coach. Um, it didn't work out for him as an offensive coordinator with the stops in Minnesota and Jacksonville one year each I actually got fired midseason in Minnesota in 2008 or 2000 was it 18. Yeah. Um, but getting another quarterback mind in the room for Mitchell Trubisky or whoever else the Bears bring in. I was you know in favor of this move just, despite his kind of failures as an offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, well, and, and here's the thing. I mean, it's one of those where, you know, I was actually a big fan of his. Um, when the bears, I mean, he was the bears top target going into, you know, their hire when they hired Matt Nagy, Matt, Nagy came in, blew the doors off things. And obviously, you know, he's a coach, but, uh, you know, obviously he's had, I mean, he went from being a rising coaching star, um, as a quarterbacks coach and Philly to, you know, he had the one year in Minnesota where he failed. I honestly don't think he did that bad this year with the Jaguars personally. I mean, especially with a quarterback situation and, and what they had going on there, but, You know, that's an offensive coordinator. As a quarterback's coach, I mean, what he did with Carson Wentz was huge. I mean, that was one of the main reasons that he was a top coaching candidate there for a little bit. Um, And I I think it's, I mean, at this point, I'm still not uh, remotely sold that Trubisky is going to be the unquestioned quarterback going into 2020. Uh, But even if he is, I mean, you're basically, right now what you're trying to do is you're basically building the best staff that you can around him. Um, and, but at the same time, you're kind of mixing in, you know, some Matt Nagy flavors here. So you got, uh, DiFilippo, who's obviously, or DeFilippo, who's, who's familiar with the Andy Reid offenses. You bring in Juan Castillo as the offensive line coach, who's also very familiar with Andy Reid offenses. Um, and then obviously, you know, they're, they're higher at OC as well. So it's like, you're getting a good mix here. Uh, and then you promote Dave Lagone. Uh, the bears really, really love him. See him as a rising star. I'm not sure I agree, but then again, I mean, it's kind of hard to really tell, what he's been doing, uh, so now he's going to be the passing game coordinator. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this all works out. The one thing I will say, um, just overall, the overall concept of what they did is, I think this is Matt Nagy's way of saying, I clearly was part of the problem. Uh, I still think Trubisky was a bigger problem. I think you probably agree with that. But he's at least admitting that he was part of the problem, that he sees that there's issues, and they're trying to get it fixed. So, I mean, that's that's a big plus because he could have simply said, okay, we're going to hire – an offensive coordinator will promote David going to offensive coordinator and then basically get, you know, promote from within with a, uh, with, uh, you know, the quarterback's coach and been done with it. But he's went in, you know, he, he let Harry stand go. He let Kevin Gilbride go. Um, you know, he let Mark Helfrich go. So he's going in, he's making changes. He's getting familiarity. He's also bringing in, uh, you know, Bill Lazor, obviously his offensive coordinator um, that they've, you know, they've been friends and all that. So, so it'll be very interesting to see how it all melds together. But, And I'm not guaranteeing it's going to work, and I'm not going to put some crazy positive spin on this because, unfortunately, with coaching, you just never know. But I do think that this is at least kind of a signaling for Matt Nagy to say, hey, I was part of the issue here. We're going to get this fixed. We're going to figure it out one way or another. And I think that's exactly at least what they're trying to do right now. And that should give Bears fans at least some hope that they're going to try to get this offense figured out over the offseason.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I like the hire. I actually didn't think he did bad in Jacksonville either last season. Um, I was a little shocked they kind of moved on from him. Um, I actually know someone who's a pretty big Jaguars fan, and and he pretty much said, you know, it wasn't him that was at fault. There's just a lot going on um, with that organization. And, and to your point, I think you know you're you're spot on. I mean, it, it might not be the ultimate solution. It might not work out. We don't know. Uh, But at least, you know, Matt Nagy is attempting to fix this offense and, um, you know, the future of it moving forward with these hires. You look at the guys that you mentioned, they all bring in something different. They're all veterans on coaching staffs. Um, Aside from Dave Ragone, essentially, he was just promoted. Uh, But the Bears really do like him a lot. And you saw that with the promotion, you know, um, to the passing game coordinator. So, yeah, it's... It's not a hire that's going to be a sexy one that's going to make you know tons of headlines and, and breaking news and all that stuff across the league, but it, it's a hire that you know it shows, like you said, Bears are trying to fix it. And whether or not that's Mitchell Trubisky as the quarterback, whether it's a rookie and a guy they're going to bring in to groom for the future, or even a veteran to come in and kind of compete with Trubisky, I think just having that kind of that mind as a quarterback's coach, um, who has worked with Carson Wentz, in the past is only a benefit to this offense. Now, like you said, that's not that doesn't mean it's gonna everything's going to be fixed, but it also shows that, yeah, maybe Nagy's like some of it is on me. Um, we know Nagy's not going to give up the play calling duties. We talked about that in the last episode that we did together, where no offensive coordinator is going to come in here and take the play calling duties away from Matt and Nagy. So getting those minds around Nagy and kind of being an advisor is something that we all thought Brad Childress would do, um, is smart. Let's see if they actually stick to it and, and go to it. Um, you know, with you, Filippo and Juan Castillo and all these guys, we're just going to have to kind of wait and see. But for me, I think the Bears are kind of starting to make the right steps and admitting, yeah, this was a failure. Um, what happened last season just cannot happen again. And we kind of have to fix this now. Otherwise, you know, this so called Super Bowl window for us or playoff window for us is, is going to be closed pretty damn quick.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and I think this is, I mean, we talked about it. this is a critical offseason for the Bears. There's just, there's no way around it. There's absolutely no way around the fact that this is a huge offseason for the Bears. And they have some serious decisions to make in multiple areas. Uh, obviously, the offensive line, um, you know, the receiver, obviously, the quarterback situation, um, whether they're going to add another running back. I mean, just in general, tight end. I mean, there's, there's, I would say outside of Allen Robinson, And probably David Montgomery, um, you know, and then obviously some of the guys that they have under contract on the offensive line. I mean, outside of that, I think everything's free game at this point, even when you're looking at Charles Leno, when you're looking at Bobby Massey. I mean, those are guys that you're probably going to look and say, okay, they're under contract for this year. Uh, There's not really much we can do. But going into next year, that's when you can start making some headway and maybe release one of those guys, more likely Bobby Massey. Um. So maybe you go and you draft, uh, you know, an offensive tackle somewhat high in development for a year. Who knows? You know, it's just the 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 key here is that the Bears are not going to have a ton of money, but they're going to have enough flexibility to where they're going to be able to make some moves. So obviously, they got to retain some guys. They're going to figure out what they're going to do uh, inside linebacker um, between Trevathan, Kwiatkowski, uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, whatever. I mean, we'll get into all that with the offseason stuff. But when you look at the offense, you know, you at least have to – have to have some sort of optimism that they at least see that there's an issue because we've seen in years past with the Bears, especially under Levy Smith um, and, you know, even Mark Trestman, where it was kind of one of those things where we kind of knew and we're looking at it and we're saying, okay, there's clearly an issue here, whether it was the offense uh, with Lovie Smith, whether it was the defense under Tressman and Mel Tucker, we knew that there was obvious issues and they didn't do a whole hell of a lot to fix that. So, you know, switching up the coaching staff, I mean, we're going into year three of Matt Nagy. Obviously, some things weren't working out. I think Harry, he stands a very good offensive line coach, but at the same time, I don't think that his style and what Matt Nagy was trying to do really worked. I think bringing in Bill Lazor um, and, and bringing in Juan Castillo, guys like that, to really kind of help out the running game and kind of help n- meld this offense into what it should be. I mean, you, it's just one of those things. Look at the, you know, you look at the, the Super Bowl, right? You know, just in the playoffs in general, you know, the Eagles, in the Chiefs are two teams, you know, obviously Andy Reid and then Doug Peterson, but they both came from Andy Reid coaching tree, obviously with one of them being Andy Reid. But the, the the point being here is if you look at those, you can see a lot of similarities within those two offenses. And you look at the Bears offense, and you say, what in the hell are we watching right now? Like, what is this? It doesn't the run game doesn't make any sense. A lot of the a lot of the concepts are are not very much the same. Uh, the offensive line play has clearly was an issue this year so. I think kind of getting more back to Nagy's roots, uh, being in the Andy Reid coaching tree and kind of going back to that and bringing in some fresh minds to really try to get this thing fixed. And obviously a big, a big puzzle part of that puzzle is going to be the quarterback situation We are going to have plenty of time to dissect that. We've already talked about it, but again, at least, at least on paper, then making some moves, maybe Bill Lazor wasn't the sexiest of hires. I mean, uh, I, you know, Pat trimmer would have been very ideal, but, Unfortunately, with the Bears, I mean, we, and we've kind of already dissected this in, in its own. I mean, it's just it wasn't a very attractive place for a lot of OCs to come. But you bring in a guy like John DeFilippo, um, who essentially is a very good off, or is, Sorry, is a very good quarterbacks coach. And now you kind of go into the offseason and, you know, you kind of just look at it and you say, OK, well, there's going to be a decent amount of free agent quarterbacks on the market. I mean, there's there's talk that Teddy Bridgewater is going to hit the market. There's talk that, uh, I'm trying to think of, let's see, Philip Rivers is going to hit the market. Pretty good chance that Andy Dalton's going to hit the market. Cam Newton may hit the market. I mean, he's, or he's going to be traded, one of the two. So, I mean, there's going to be options if they want to go that route. Obviously, we need to see what happens. But I do think that, at least with the moves and kind of the restructure of their offensive staff and what they're doing, I don't think this says, hey, we're trying to make Trubisky work. I think this is basically saying we need to improve the coaching and then, obviously, we'll see what happens with the player and the personnel and all that stuff to follow. But I, I, I don't really see any way that we can perceive this as a bad thing by any means. I think it's just, you know, you don't know how coaching is really going to work out and how things are going to go together. But I think that at least acknowledging the problem and not only acknowledging it, but saying, hey, we're going to make some changes and making the changes, I think that's at least a good step in the right direction. Obviously, we're going to have to see what happens with the rest of the offseason, see how they take the offensive line, see what they do at tight end receiver. Quarterback, all that stuff, but at least this is a good step because I mean, free agency is still damn near two months away. I mean, we're still because the free agency got pushed back another, it was another week. So, I mean, we're still a little under two months away right now from even seeing what the Bears is going to be able to start doing between that and the draft.
2: Yeah, uh, I believe it's eight weeks away um, from free agency. Starts so in mid March this year instead of early March. Yeah, quarterback will be one of those positions that the Bears, I believe, are going to address, and I think they're going to address it multiple avenues. I think they're going to bring in a free agent, and it would not shock me at all if they drafted a quarterback in the late rounds, even with bringing in a free agent to compete with Trubisky. Um, Yeah, we're going to at least see some competition, I hope, um, at the quarterback position. There is a lot on the Bears' offense that they need to fix. There's a lot of holes, um, and a lot of it's going to depend on what they do with some cap casualties, who they decide to bring back not bring back um, during the free agency period. Essentially, you know, going into it, they're going to have 15 unrestricted free agents that are, you know, we're on the roster in 2019. they will have six that are restricted free agents or the exclusive rights free agents. I believe they only have one exclusive right free agent this year. And that projected cap space right now is, I believe the last thing I saw on sport track was about 60, close to 16 million before all the moves that they're going to make and all that. So it's hard to kind of project it where it will stand because they could have some guys like Taylor Gabriel, Prince of Mucamora, um, depending on what they do with Leonard Floyd, could free up some more money for their cap space going into that uh, signing period, which officially begins on March 18th. March 16th is when they can talk and negotiate to players. I do want to talk about a position that um, will be huge and it really needs to be addressed um, this offseason and, and I expect it to be addressed big time in agency and through the draft and I kind of want to get into how that correlates with the Super Bowl teams before we do that though let's pause for our second break of the show and be right back.
0: The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves and the Texas Rangers outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.
2: Welcome in to the Bear Report podcast. Welcome back, I should say, um, from our break. Aaron and I were discussing the recent hire of John Filippo to the Bears coaching staff, kind of got into a little free agency talk, and, um, and Aaron, a position that is really going to be under the microscope for the Bears, something they have to get fixed this year, is going to be tight end. Trey Burton will be back next season, but he had off-season surgery. I expect him to be healthy for training camp. We heard that last year, and he pretty much didn't practice a lot in training camp, didn't play in any preseason games, missed week one, and only played in eight games last season. Disappointing for the Bears. I don't think Adam Shaheen will be back. I think he'll get his chance to try out at training camp. But when it's all said and done, I think they're going to pull a plug on that one. But this is a position where you look around the NFL and you look at the offenses. Look at the two teams in the Super Bowl. The offenses that you talked about, you know, the Andy Reid tree. A a lot of – actually, most of them have really good tight ends. So you look at Philadelphia Eagles. They have Zach Ertz. And you look at the two Super Bowl teams. In Kansas City, they have Travis Kelsey. San Francisco, they have George Kittle. Kelsey and Kittle are the top two um, receiving tight ends this this season in the NFL, which is like the first time since like 1970s that the top two tight ends have squared off in the Super Bowl. The Bears don't have one of those guys, and yeah, it's hard finding a Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. Although they could have had George Kittle in the draft, and they took Adam Shaheen. However, the Bears have to they have to get a serviceable tight end because they can't get they can't go through this carousel of tight ends. You know, Ben Bronner. Jesper Horstead, J.P. Holtz, Eric Sobert, um, they can't do that again because they didn't even have a single 100-yard uh, receiver all season long at the position. So it, it's it's going to be a position where you look at the free agent market, you, Eric Abram will be available, Austin Hooper should be available, Hunter Henry could be available, and then you look at the draft for some intriguing prospects. Um, the kid out of Dayton, uh, I believe it's Traubert or Traubert, um, the kid out of Purdue, the other kid out of Vanderbilt. But when I look at these offenses in the Super Bowl, it's like, man, I wish the Bears had a tight end like that because I think it would open up so much more for the offense. I don't think it would necessarily fix Mitchell Trubisky. It would help him, though, having a nice, legit tight end option.
1: Oh, I, I mean, again, I mean, let's just go back. At, like you just pointed out, obviously, the two teams in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, just go back and look at, again, Andy Reid offense as a whole. I mean, look at look at the investments – That both teams, both the Chiefs and the Eagles, made. You look at it. You got Travis Kelsey with the Chiefs. You look at it with the Eagles. uh, You you have Zach Ertz. You have Dallas Goddard, who was a second-round pick. Uh, You know. So here's the difference between the two. The Bears. It's not like the Bears haven't uh, invested in tight end. You know, they have. I mean, they they spent a second-round pick on Adam Shaheen, which never made any sense to begin with. And you know, obviously, it kind of hurts that they took shaheen where they did, and you know Kittle lasted on the on the board for almost another two rounds when it was all said and done. Um, and then you look at it and you say, okay, well, you know they they signed Trey Burden to big money, and obviously he didn't work out, or at least so far he really hasn't worked out outside of the first eight games. Uh, you know they had they have Ben Broniker on the roster, which I mean is a is a third tight end, at least what they gave him in terms of money. I mean it made sense at the time, and I mean, he's all right, but. I think really, kind of like you pointed out, right, you, so it's not a huge draft class for tight ends, but it's also one of those where I think that they can absolutely get somebody with one of those second-round picks. The only issue with rookie tight ends is usually that they don't produce very well, so that's definitely something to kind of keep in mind there. But then you pointed out some of the free agent um, you know, options that they're going to have out there, and Eric Ebron is a big Mitchell Trubisky fan, um, maybe one of the only ones left out there at this point, but – he could be an option. I mean, he absolutely could be an option uh, as a free agent to bring in on, you know, maybe like a, a one-year prove-it deal kind of thing where he's getting three or four million. Because he had the big year two years ago with Andy, and then last year, you know, it's health has really been a big issue. Health and consistency, consistency has been a big issue. I don't think that they're going to go out and spend big money on a guy like Austin Hooper. I wouldn't be surprised if Hooper ends up getting tagged. I don't think there's any way in hell Hunter Henry is going to get free. I mean, then again— it seems like every year we look at these guys and some of these guys that are supposed to get tagged don't. So who knows? But yeah, I mean, they've, I, if it was me personally, I'm going out and I'm signing some sort of veteran that fits and then I'm also turning around and drafting one decently high because the reality is Trey Burton is stuck on this roster for 2020 because of the way his contract is. Um, and at least as of right now, according to Joel Corey of CBS, um, there is going to be no, um, Post June 1st cuts. So basically, any player who is cut because of this, the the way the CBA is right now, going in last year, the CBA, there's no uh, post June 1st anything. So there's not a lot of savings there to be had. Uh, it will be interesting, and this is kind of another thing that we do need to keep an eye on when we're talking free agency, cap space, cuts, all that stuff. Contracts as a whole is. If there's a new CBA reach before the new league year, which is still the goal from everything that's been put out, it sounds like they're making some progress. It sounds like there's definitely some posturing going on on the NFLPA side. If they do reach some sort of an agreement, the cap is projected to be, I think the low end of the cap is what, right around 198, 199, something like that. So it's going to be just under 200,000 or 200 million. Sorry. If, uh, it, it, if somehow the CBA gets done before the beginning of the new league year, you could see a pretty substantial jump in cap space. You could be talking 10 or 15 million dollars in, in, in a jump in cap overall. So that's something else to kind of keep in mind, depending on how everything goes, and then maybe the you know the 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 post June 1st thing comes back in. So it's it's one of those weird years where, especially with the off season, where the Bears could have. Some extra flexibility that maybe right now they don't have. Obviously, that means when the cap goes up, obviously, that means that player contracts as a whole go up and the bears probably aren't going to be super active in that first wave of free agency when you're talking about big names. But that does mean that when the secondary market comes around, we need to start getting some of those, uh, you know, those kind of more value signings where you're getting guys on one or two year deals, you know, for cheaper money. Um, that could be where the Bears are going to be more active, but it could also allow them um, to just be more flexible in general. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this all pans out. And Obviously, the, the new CBA is going to be a big part of that. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think when you're looking at the offense as a whole, I mean, they do have multiple areas where they could improve, I think. Honestly, at least in my mind, receiver is kind of down at the bottom of that list for me just because you have Allen Robinson and you have Anthony Miller, and obviously the shoulder injury with Anthony Miller would be something to keep an eye on. But I, I like their depth there a decent amount, and usually with receivers, I mean, you can you can either draft somebody or, you know, you can plug in kind of a veteran free agent that you can get for 2 or $3 million that can at least serve a purpose there. Uh, I do think that Taylor Gabriel is probably gone at this point, but I think tight end. Um, interior offensive line, especially, and then obviously, you know, quarterback, those are going to all be things that are going to be at the forefront of the question. Um, But I do think that they're going to have to sink multiple resources into tight end, um, you know, really to kind of get this thing back on track. I think Adam Shaheen, like you said, to lost cause, Uh, Trey Burton, I wouldn't count on anything from him at all. I think he's basically going to be one of those. He's on the roster because of his cap hit and it's going to look really ugly. And then, you know, by the time 2020 is over, they can release him. And I think, they would be really, really stupid at this point in time to rely on him for much of anything. If they get anything out of him and he ends up working out, then great. And that's why you sign kind of a low-risk veteran free agent. But even then, you're still going to want to draft somebody somewhat high because you're still going to want to be able to develop somebody and kind of have – I mean, most most offenses kind of operate with two tight ends. You know, you want to have two good tight ends, and the Bears, debatably, you know, debatably right now, the Bears don't have one good tight end on the roster. So I, I think they're going to take multiple swings.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to. And, you know, Burton, I look at it the same way. He, it's just a bonus. Whatever you get from him this year in 2020 is a bonus. Um, you're going to have to go out and get someone in the tight end market free agency. I think if I had to make a prediction, it's probably going to be Eric Ebron. Um, and then they'll probably have to draft someone, maybe use a second-round pick on one. It's just a position you have to get fixed. You know, the Purdue uh, tight end is Bryson Hopkins, and the um, the Vanderbilt one is Jared Pinckney, the ones I was talking about earlier. Um Yeah, you just, you got to fix the position. And, and, you know, listen to the radio today. Hub Arkish was on the score and he was talking about um, the 49ers and and Chiefs and being down there at media day at Super Bowl. Actually, now it's called opening night. And uh, he brought something up. Both Mahomes and Garoppolo said the focal point of their offenses and the most important players on their offenses going into the Super Bowl, they both named, well, uh, Garoppolo named George Kittle and Mahomes named Travis Kelton. They did it separate. They didn't even know what each other said. They did it completely separate, which shows you just how important the tight end position is, you know, for both of those teams and how it helps those quarterbacks in their offense. And it'd be nice if the bears could get a tight end like that, a, a star tight end. And I know that's a lot to ask for, but I mean, even if they get like a serviceable tight end, if they can get a guy that comes in and gets, you know, six to eight touchdowns next season gets, you know, 750 yards, They'd be a big season for a Bears tight end. Um, I'm not really holding my breath, though, uh, on that one. I, I, it's just a position, like you said, they have addressed it. They've tried to address it. They've just pretty much swung and missed every time they've tried to address it. Now they have this carousel of just random players uh, coming in and playing games for them last season with Burton and Shaheen both being hurt. Uh, let's get into our Super Bowl preview here, Aaron, and we'll wrap things up. Let's do our last ad read of the show, and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back into the Bear Report podcast. We just got done talking about the tight end position, how important it will be in this Super Bowl, how important it is for the Bears. Speaking of the Super Bowl, though, Aaron, final game, final NFL game of the season. Uh, There will be XFL football starting right away, but as for the NFL, the Super Bowl is here Sunday. Um, The 49ers and Chiefs will kick off in Miami. Uh, Sad that it's not the Bears disappointing season. Um, let's want to kind of get your thoughts. What what do you see playing out in the Super Bowl and if you got a prediction, uh maybe an X factor and uh anything else Super Bowl related you want to
1: talk about. You know, I've actually thought about it quite a bit and and man, I I feel like honestly like at least in my opinion like I feel like the two like legitimately the two best teams from both conferences made it this year. I don't I mean San Francisco was just flat out dominant. I I don't think there's really any other way to put it and frankly, uh you know, Kansas City's I mean, their offense is just so damn good that it's just I, I don't I, I just don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like you can't. Well, I mean, obviously they were down 24 to nothing and they came back and they and they wanted to the blow out against the Texans like they're just you, you you pretty much have two teams where I think it's just a really good matchup because you have, a, you know, an excellent offense in Kansas City going up against a very, very damn good defense uh, with the 49ers. And it's just one of those matchups where you look at it and it's just it's basically going to be And San Francisco's offense is no slouch either. I mean, they got a great running game and, you know, Kansas City's defense has been a hell of a lot better. But it's one of those things where I I definitely question how they're going to be able to stop the run. Um, So I just think it's a very evenly matched game overall. Uh, But usually in these kind of games, when I look at it, I side with a better quarterback and ultimately the better quarterback is clearly, and it's not even close. It's clearly Patrick Mahomes at this point. So I think, the, I think it's going to be a really good game. Pulling it out. Honestly, uh, I don't really have a dog in the fight. I don't really care for either team. It's not that I, you know I, don't know, I don't like the 49ers, but you know, it is what it is, but I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, I'm going to say 24, sorry, 27, 24 chiefs. Um, as far as the X factor, like I said, I think it's going to end up being Patrick Mahomes. I think it's just when you look at what he's able to do and just this offense as a whole, it's just one of those things where it's really hard to count them out. You know, regardless of how their defense plays, I just don't I just don't see how they're not going to be in it until the end. And and again, I, I side, especially in big moments, I side with a better quarterback. And Patrick Mahomes is just an unreal talent. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to win the MVP but I still do think that Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. And I think with a healthier year next year, he's going to be right back in the MVP discussion. But yeah, so I'll go 20, 27, 24 with Patrick Mahomes as the X factor.
2: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think the 49ers were definitely the best team in the NFC wire to wire this year. I think the Chiefs kind of got off to a little bit of a slower start, hit like a mid-season bump. But after that, man, they went on back on a roll. Um was it was was it Matt Moore was their quarterback that filled in for Mahomes?
1: Yeah, I it believe. was. They signed him off the street.
2: Yeah, and and he beat the Vikings. And I think from there, you know, they kind of just took off. Mahomes came back. I think a game after that, or maybe two games after that, and they pretty much just flat out dominated. I think they lost the Titans earlier in the year, on, it, it was some crazy fluke. Like, um, they had a few, they were up by like four, had a field goal blocked or miss snapped. Uh, Titans got a like a quick like 80 yard scoring drive and then the, the chiefs had a um a field goal actually blocked as time expired so yeah i the chiefs have been for most part the best team in the afc all year uh you could say the ravens throw them up there but obviously they kind of fell apart in the playoffs there yeah i, I agree i i'm i don't have a dog in the fight either i probably will root for the 49ers just because if there's a couple of local connections on the team um uh, Jimmy Ward played at NIU. Robbie Gold played for the Bears, obviously. Garoppolo played close to Chicago. Uh, but I do, like you, also tend to lean with the team that has the better quarterback and the quarterback that kind of won't shy away from a big moment. Um, you know, Mahomes played very well in the AFC Championship game, played very well in the AFC Championship game last year, even though they lost that one to the Patriots. You know, Groppel had a so-so NFC championship game and he only threw the ball six times or eight, eight times, whatever. Uh, that's not his fault because I that, that game plan was perfect against the Packers and I can't fault him at all. But, you know, Mahomes has had those kind of big moments already. He hasn't had a Super Bowl moment, but I tend to lean with the guy, the quarterback that is better and, and can kind of control the game. I do think, though, if the 49ers get the ball first, they get up on them, make a defensive stop, maybe get up two scores and are able to run the ball effectively and gas the Chiefs' defense, keeping Mahomes off the field. I think they have a legit shot. I think it's going to be a close one. I think um, Chiefs are like a point favorite or something like that going into the game. I think the 49ers will keep it close. I'm going to say Chiefs – see, I'll say Chiefs. Um, see, the thing about these games like the Chiefs have such an explosive offense. And, and, the, and the 49ers can put up – actually, the 49ers put up more points than the Chiefs' offense did this year – but, like, when you have these games, it turns out to be, like, a stinker. It turns out to be, like, a, you know, a 13-10 game or something like that. Uh, I'll say Chiefs, I'll go 19, um, I'll go Chiefs 19, 49, or 17. I think it'll be a really close game. And in the X Factor, I'm going to kind of copy you on this one. I'll say Patrick Mahomes as well. But if the 49ers win, it's going to be because that run game is pretty damn dominant. And... You know, I know you were pretty happy watching the 49ers run all over the Packers last week.
1: Yes. Yes, I was. I, that was honestly one of the only things that made uh, made made that week even somewhat bearable watching those games, which is just watch the the Packers just get completely destroyed. So, yeah, that was that was a, a nice way to kind of end out the season for sure.
2: Yeah, same here. I have some friends that are Packers fans, and I had to hear it from them all season long, all through the playoffs – when they beat Seattle, which if Seattle had any sort of defense or run game, I think Seattle wins that game. The Packers completely, I mean, they they pretty much stunk in that second half outside the one touchdown in the, in the last drive that they had against Seattle. But to watch San Francisco just do that to them, run the ball all over them, and the Packers literally had no answer for it, gives me a little bit of hope that if maybe the Bears get the run game going next year. They could be right back in line for the division lead, but... We'll see. I think it's all gonna depend on Trubisky again. So, Aaron, where can everyone uh, follow you on Twitter at?
1: Yep, yeah, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL and you can also read my work on the bearreport.com.
2: Perfect. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. Um, you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just bear report. Uh, you can read my work on the bear report and please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, all major podcasting platforms really helps us out. Um, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the Bearport Podcast as the off season will officially begin for all teams next week. Um, yeah, we'll be back with some more episodes breaking down everything in the off season. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to you guys later.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns—legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history.